Okay, all right. Thank you for joining me today. Today we're gonna just do a candid uh, conversation on events. I've had a few people reach out to me lately on having events, and although I am not an expert on hosting events, I do have a lot of experience with all different kinds of events from a large uh, six-figure fundraiser all the way down to your little bitty cornhole event for local sports programs. So um, I have lots of experience, and I'm willing to share all of that information with you if you will hang tight at the end, I will show you how to or tell you how to get a free download that I've created to help you with your events that you have in the future. The big thing about events is no matter how small or how big, basically there's a set of fundamentals that you're going to follow. And when you follow these fundamentals, your, your event will surely be a success. So first of all, you're going to always answer your who, what, when, where, why, and how. So let's, let's kind of dive into those a little bit deeper. First of all, we're going to figure out what our purpose is. How big is the event? Are, we, are you having a celebration? Uh, maybe it's for a group celebration or maybe it's an individual achievement. Maybe it's an educational or a motivational conference. Maybe it's a sports tournament for regional teams. Or maybe you're having a camp for local, local kids, or maybe you're going to even have some commuter kids or people that will need to stay in hotels when they come in for the camp. You know, so I mentioned the six-figure uh, fundraiser that we did. We had, it, it was large. So that big of an event, you're going to have so many different committees. You're going to have food, beverage, auction, live entertainment, goodie bags. Let's see, we had parking and security. You've got people that are setting up. You've got people that are helping take down. You've got your audio visual group. You've got decorations. I, I mean, it was massive. And then the cornhole tournament that I talked about or a smaller golf tournament, it was basically me and I had some amazing volunteers that helped me. Just a few moms that kind of helped out with the event. You know, ultimately, you just want to figure out what your goals are. So is it a community awareness um, event or and you're wanting that community involvement? Or is it a fundraiser for a smaller organization or a larger organization? Whatever the case may be, you're, you're going to come up with that purpose and what your goals are going to be through that purpose. Go ahead and make an agenda. Figure out the day of the event, what you're looking like. It can always be changed. This is just a rough draft of your agenda for the evening or the daytime, you know, and then you're just going to figure that out. I mentioned my volunteers. That's going to be your next step is really figuring out what your committee looks like. And if you're going to need subcommittees, you know, I, I like to do, I mentioned the school-based sports um, events that we had. If it's a school-based event, I like to have two junior parents and two senior parents. And, and because of that, you've got your junior parents, they're new into it, so they're learning. So by the time that they become the senior parents, now they're kind of taking it on for themselves. They're really running it because they had experience the last year, 
and they're taking on those two new junior parents to help them show them the ways for the next year. And if you do it that way, you know, those parents are really only involved in that event for two years where they're helping plan it. They're not going to get burnt out as easy. You're not going to lose the interest. It's going to stay fun. It's going to stay exciting. And you're going to constantly have new ideas because you're keeping the flow good. And you've, with that, everybody's fresh and they're always going to be ready for your event. So with that, if it's a community-based event, you're going to want people from different industries. They're going to help you later on down the line market it and really help advertise the event. But we'll go into more of that in a little bit. But have your community-based event with local Maybe it's people that are a little higher up. Maybe it's marketing people within. Maybe it's just people that want to be involved and they have a passion for the event that you've got. Either way, interview your volunteers. Don't just take a volunteer because they say that they want to volunteer. Get to know who they are. Find out if their passion and their drive fits what you need. You know, there is a situation in the bigger event where somebody signed on because they really wanted to volunteer for this committee but we ended up finding out that they were a better fit in a completely different committee just because of their strengths or weaknesses it just fit better with that situation so that's okay just because they're volunteers doesn't mean you have to use them where they want to go if they really have the passion for your event and your purpose then they'll want to be used wherever you can best fit them. What, after you've gotten your committee and you've put together your agenda, you want to figure out what your target audience is. Is it close to your organization? And is it a high level donors and stakeholders? Is it the community? Is it other teams from other areas? Um, what, What is the target audience? And then when you figure that out, what are their preferences and expectations? Are if it is for high-level donors and stakeholders, are they wanting it to be more of a who's who event and get to network with other people that are on the same level that they are? Or maybe it's a little more low-key and they're just wanting to support. Do they expect goodie bags when they come? Is that something that you think they'll look forward to and something that'll help create interest in the event every year? Or maybe it's team bags. So when the teams check in, do they get a bag that maybe all the kids, all the players get free shirt, tournament shirts? Or maybe there's uh, discount cards to some of the local entertainment that you have in your area or restaurants. You know, things like that. Is that something they're expecting or would expect and appreciate that will help drive your sales for your tickets? Will they want food? So is it, if you're having a conference or an event, is there lunch? Are there snacks? Um, If it's a big table event, is it buffet or is it served food? If it's a tournament, do you need to have a hospitality room for your coaches or officials or both? Are those things going to be needed and expected or appreciated? If it's a tournament, are you expecting highly competitive teams Or are you expecting more recreational teams? That's going to determine a lot of the output that you get 
or that you're able to give with the input that's coming in. Once you've got all that figured out, really figure out your budget. Figure out, and more so than just a budget, I always like to figure out what's my expected expenses. So if I'm expecting these expenses right down, so we're making flyers, or we're going to have food for the hospitality room, or um, we're going to do, we're going to have to have the venue different, then my number one goal is to always have everything underwritten. So anytime you're putting on any size of event, small or large, try to have all of the expenses taken care of financially so that you're not taking off of your bottom dollar. What do I mean by that? So let's say that you're going to have flyers printed. Maybe you have a local printing company that's willing to do them for you for free in turn as they become one of your in-kind sponsors. So they get their name on all of the um, all the marketing and all of the flyers and everything that goes out on TV, uh, radio, but they're not financially giving you cash or writing you a check they are doing it by giving you the flyers or the printing products that you're needing. When you have that, if you do give yourself a budget, or is it going to be just one large budget? Or are you going to allocate that to different committees and give each committee their certain, hey, this is all you have to spend? Um, either way is fine on what you do but you'll want to determine how that's going to go in the beginning. Once you get all that ready, you're going to want to set a timeline. So set deadlines when you're expecting a percentage of the auction items or this number of teams to be registered or the um, if you're having a speaker come in, when do they need to have their contract signed by? When do you need to make sure that everything is taken care of? Have that. As you're going through that timeline, make sure that you're paying attention to it. Maybe even have it posted on a, com- a page that you're running with communication for your entire team so that they can see when milestones are getting close or when they're being hit. And then when they're hit, make a big deal about it. You know, if if you get a speaker signed three months before you were originally supposed to, make a big deal about that. If you get a division of your tournament filled by age group before deadline, make a big deal about that. And make a big deal on social media. If you've got, especially on a sports team, if you come out and you say, this division is already closed, we can't accept any more teams, that will just draw more interest to the rest of your divisions because they'll be like, oh, crap, I've got to get online and get that booked. I've got to get registered. When you figure out all of those necessary information, uh, look for your venue. Look at all your options. You know, say if you're having a conference, do they offer audio visual already? Do they offer video boards for sponsorships? Um, Maybe the speaker needs a private room. Can they accommodate that? Do they have someone on site to help with the audio visual or is that something you're going to have to hire out? Same thing for a tournament. Let's say you're having a basketball or a volleyball tournament. Maybe this basketball facility has eight courts, but they charge 10 more dollars an hour for this basketball, for a basketball court per hour. 
is that more cost effective than going to another two places that have each have four courts? So if I can get one court or one facility with eight courts for $10 more an hour, so that's going to cost me $80 an hour more than what it would for hiring two, is it more beneficial for me to do it that way? Because now I'm not hiring double administration. I'm not having to have double hospitality rooms. I'm not having to have double gate workers. Everything's more streamlined. And is that more financially stable for our program or our tournament that we're going to have. So another thing is to consider what, what kind of flooring, what kind of walls, what kind of uh, structure is your venue that you're looking at? Had a, I was actually managing a facility one time where we had a huge health event come in and they had different exhibitors that would do a class. And this one exhibitor did what was called a pound class and they used drumsticks and it was a big core, like your core muscles. You really worked on that and with drumsticks after the event, we, we ended up having a lot of dents in our hardwood floors. So that hindsight probably wasn't the best resource for them to use um, at our facility when we had conference rooms that are carpeted that might have been a little better choice for us to put them in. When you get all that stuff figured out, figure out your marketing. How are you planning on marketing? Are you going to try to go as free as you can with social media or flyers around to local businesses? Um, If you've got a large committee, are you wanting each committee member to go out to their own companies that they work for? Uh, If it's a if it's a smaller community, are there local outlets that will help you market at that and give you visibility in their grocery stores or their restaurants with, you know, posters? If it's a lot of times in a regional tournament or community event, they, that those events that will draw some economic value for the local city or um, community radio stations or local TV stations will often help you by um, advertising the event because it is a free event for, um, or it brings in money to the econ- the local economy. So they will do segments on their events when they have some free time. Figure out your registration platform. You don't, you don't necessarily have to go out and spend a lot of money on registration platforms. There's a lot of them out there. Some of them, they uh, make the person buying the ticket pay the fees or the fees come out of the ticket price. And if so, then you might want to uh, price your ticket accordingly to help accommodate for those fees that come out. Depending on the size of event, maybe you just create a Google form and that way it at least gets all of their information and then you can send them an invoice through Square or Venmo or whatever avenue that you really want to. During the event, when you're ready to have it, make sure you've got the key people in place. So if you're having multiple facets, such as the, you know, the live music, the silent auction, live auction, um, make sure you have enough staff and key people in place that will help keep going. And maybe you have somebody that's just designated as a timekeeper that's making sure that the whole agenda stays on track. Some of the, I like to have, whenever I have a silent auction, and say I've got multiple tables, I close each table down at one time, or each, 
different times. So if there's three tables, I might have the first table closes down. And five minutes later, the second table then closes down. And five minutes after that, the third table closes down. So I've got people stationed on every table ready to pick up the pins. As soon as the buzzer goes off, we're picking up pins. And then the next table, same thing. Next table, same thing. And then we go behind and pick up the the sheets for the silent auction. Makes it fun. And if you've got people that are... um, bidding on multiple items at different tables, then they can make sure that they get the the last bid on for it. After the event's over, have a good debrief. Not individually, but with the committee that you had. So get together, figure out what you're good, you're better, and your how. What did you do good? What could you have done better? And how are you going to do that better for next year? Take notes store them away. And that way, when you get ready to plan for the following year, you'll have that information that you can go back to. Maybe you have an after party for all of those that were in your committees and help to make your event a success. Maybe if, and maybe you give them goodie bags. Maybe they get the same goodie bags that all of the people that came to the event get. That's, that's okay. They would love that. Um, maybe if it's a smaller event, you just get them a little small gift of appreciation. Maybe it's on the day of the event or after the event, you take them to dinner. Either way, make sure that your volunteers know how much you appreciated them because it's because of them that your event is successful. I hope you enjoyed this little bit of candid information today on events. And, but these are just a few of the points to consider when you're putting on an event and definitely have to don't have to be all of it. I've put together a workbook that actually has more options and more questions and how to get through an event. Um, and it's available only for those that have listened to this podcast on my website. It's at stacydwells.com backslash events. And you can go in there and do uh, get the free download for you. And so thank you again for joining me on today's episode. Make sure to check out my website at stacydwells.com for all my podcast episodes, a free facility download, and the opportunity to book a discovery call with me to determine if your community has a need for a sports facility or any even new programming. Together, we can keep the kids playing. <laughs>